Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome to another Sunday morning edition of the What Is Truth radio show. Dr. Michael Caesar here in studio and want to be with you for the next hour. Ask you to join us. Get a cup of coffee, a cup of tea. Grab your Bible if you're at home. Amen. Keep listening if you're on the road. We're going to continue looking at the highlights in the greatest book in the world, the Holy Bible written by God himself. And we're looking at the first book of the Bible, Genesis, We've been looking for a number of weeks, and we've observed that uh, God deals with a couple of issues, the creation, the fall of man, the flood, the Tower of Babel, and then he moves quickly to people. And he begins talking and working with four great characters in the book of Genesis, Father Abraham, his uh, beloved son Isaac, his son Jacob, and his son Joseph. And God spends most of the book, three quarters of the book on these four individuals, because God is a personal God. Amen. He's not so much in, interested in institutions and cities and events as he is people and their hearts. Uh, he told Samuel, uh, I look on the heart. People look on the outward appearance. I look on the heart. And so we've been studying these characters who have been going through, and you can uh, catch the old studies if you want, going to the website of the church that sponsored us. It's Grace and Truth Church. Spell it out one long word, Grace and Truth church.org. You got to put church at the end. If you just do grace and truth, org, you get another site, grace and truth, church.org. Hit the sermons tab, hit YouTube and catch the, what is truth programs. And you can listen to some of the other teachings that we've done from other books of the Bible. And I have my good Bible student researcher with me, Mark Sassy and Mark, you've been looking at these chapters and you found some good stuff. Like it's like digging for gold. You find little nuggets as you go through here. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Grab your Bibles <laughs> and uh, buckle your seatbelt and let's enjoy what God has for us here this morning. You know, we left off last week in Genesis chapter 24, where Abraham's son Isaac, he got married to his wife, Rebecca. Yeah. But it was Abraham's servant, his eldest servant that went seeking for that bride for the son. Yep. And then the next big thing that we were going to look at is jumping all the way to Genesis chapter 32, but there's a bunch of stuff that goes on in between 24 and 32. We can go back, take okay. a look. So if we just, uh, just kind of take a, a browse through a few of these chapters in between, in Genesis 25, the Bible shows that us that Abraham gave up the ghost and died. He was 175 years old in verse 7 of Genesis 25. And shortly after that, we see that Ishmael died in verse 17. And Ishmael was 137 years old. That was his, his uh, son before Isaac, but Isaac was the chosen son. Uh, yeah, Isaac was the promised one. The promised one. God, God promised uh, Abraham and Sarah a long, long time ago, I'm going to give you a child but he waited about yes. 25 years. Yes. And and they got a little anxious and uh, and they said, wow, this, after about 15 years, we got to do something about this. And they, and they jumped the gun and figured another way to have a child. Well, we see some of that with Abraham's 
grandson, Jacob, right. in the story that we're getting to. <laughs> and so also in this chapter of Genesis 25, Isaac and his wife, Rebecca, they have twins, and the twins are named Esau and Jacob. We see that in verse 24. Yeah. And at the end of the chapter, Esau sells his birthright to Jacob in verse 33. And those are all other stories, but really good for you to read through and take a little time and consider that stuff. You well, know, it's interesting. You just mentioned Abraham had that boy, Ishmael. Yes. He came first, and then Isaac came second. And of course, Isaac is the one when God met Moses, he said, I'm the God of Abraham and of Isaac. He kind of skipped over Ishmael. Yes. I mean, he blessed him physically, but he chose Isaac for the covenant. And then he also said, and I'm the God of Jacob. And when I think about it, these two boys that were born here, the first of the twins was Esau came out first. Yes. And Jacob came out second. And it's kind of a pattern that the Lord is laying down in the scriptures. He chose the younger yeah. with Isaac, and he chose the younger with Jacob. Yeah. And he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. And and I think one of the things he's trying to show us is that the firstborn is not usually the one that God chooses. Amen. I'm looking at me, and my first birth yes. was, you know, my mom and dad physical birth, 1954. It's the second birth. That's important. That, that's important. That's yeah. the one that God chose. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, Jesus said, he must be born again. Yeah. A lot of people are like, well, what's that all about? What does that mean? Yeah. It's a spiritual birth. Yeah, Everyone has a physical birth, and they've got a birthday. But Jesus said... Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And for me, that was 39 years after the first birth. And for me, and, it was about 30 years and after God the first birth. And God accepts that second one. And that's yes. what's kind of showing us. Yes. Okay. And that's when you receive Christ. Amen. Uh, in the next chapter after that, Genesis chapter 26, there's a famine. And Isaac, he starts heading for Egypt, but God stops him in verse 2. And then shortly after, Isaac lies, and he kind of repeats his father's sin in verse 7 of deception, which doesn't really go so well, but, you know, it's the same sort of thing that Abraham had done. And then later in the chapter... You're saying the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Exactly. Sometimes we learn from our parents even things that might not be the best. Good and bad. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There's tons of life lessons in through here. Uh, Then later in the chapter, Isaac, he digs wells. We see that in verse 18. And he, he doesn't fight. We see that in verses 20 and 21. And there's a connection to the New Testament where when he's not fighting over the wells with the neighbors, uh, it reminds me of Romans 12, 18. There's a verse in the New Testament, Romans. Uh, it says, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Yeah. And so I think that's what Isaac was trying to do there. A little after that, the Lord appeared unto Isaac in verse 24, and then he builds an altar to God in verse 25. So right after that, Genesis chapter 27, we're working our way to Genesis 32. In Genesis 27, Isaac, now he's old, his eyes are dim, and this is where uh, he's supposed to bless the eldest son, which is Esau, but instead Jacob comes, uh, his mother Rebekah tells him to go there, and uh, he deceives his father. And so it's Jacob and Rebekah, the mother. C- together, they deceive Isaac. And he ends up getting the blessing where he had already gotten the birthright earlier from his brother. Now he gets the blessing. And we see in verses 34 and 38, twice Esau cries. He says, bless me, bless me also, father. And uh, after that, near the end of the chapter, Jacob had to flee to Haran. And he's going to uh, the home of Laban, which is his uncle. 
Why? Because in verse 32, Esau, his brother, purposes to kill him. So, yeah, he, he, he wanted that uh, blessing from his dad. Yeah. But he had uh, forfeited the, the blessing because he sold his birthright a couple chapters earlier. Yes. He wasn't interested in his birthright. And, and again, this is something that might be hard for us who are Europeans and Americans to understand. But, but in the Middle East, particularly in the culture here of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the Jewish people, uh, the firstborn child is one who is supposed to take the name of the family on his shoulders. He's supposed to uh, be a man of integrity and respect. Uh, he's supposed to uh, work hard and carry the name of the family. And Esau was, it says he was a man of the field. He, man of the world. He, I'm not interested. What goes that birthright to me? Right. I don't really care. And and he, he didn't care about it. And I think what happens is God is trying to say, if you grew up in a family, and and his father was Isaac, right? And uh, you got a father like Isaac. This is this is someone that loves God and knows God. You have a a birthright to knowing truth. And if you're not interested in it, and you, I don't care about it. You shirk it off. You're not going to get the blessing from God. That's right. The blessing is going to follow the fact that you're interested in the birthright. Well, blessings come from trusting God. There you go. Hearing from Him and trusting Him, and then. Uh, so at the next chapter in Genesis 28, before Jacob flees, Isaac actually blesses Jacob again in verse three. Sure. And then, uh, he, Jacob has this dream in verse 12 and you can read it on your own, but it's in Genesis 28, 12. And it's the dream of Jacob's ladder where he sees God's angels coming up and down this ladder. And, uh, Jacob makes a vow to God in verse 20 after that. So he does have times where he, he connects with God. And so Jacob, he may live kind of worldly and use deception and his name means deceiver, Jacob. But yet he does, he, he made a vow to God. He said, if you keep your promise to me about this land, then, uh, you know, and, and if you give me bread, if I'm remember, remembering mm -hmm. the vow, yeah. and he says, then uh, you'll be my God, right? Yes. Basically, that's his vow. Well, and I think this was a real learning lesson for him too. I mean, I, I'm not sure of his age here. It could be 20-something, maybe 30-something. I'm not sure. He, he was yeah. not a kid right. at this point. And he had he had grown up in the household, again, with Father Isaac and I, I, maybe stories of Grandfather Abraham. He might have been born after, uh, I think, Abraham died. So he, he probably didn't know Father Abraham. But he heard great stories about Father Abraham from his father, yeah. I, I mean, I know my dad told me stories about his dad. Did well, your dad ever tell you stories about your dad? Some, but in this case, Abraham lived to be 175 years old. Okay. So I'm guessing they were face to face. All right. So so here he is. Now, Abraham, we know, is a man of faith. Abraham was a man that uh, loved God. I remember when uh, God came down and met him and his family, uh, he said in, in chapter 18, verse 19, he says, I know him. Uh, I know that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. So I'm, I'm thinking, here's Jacob. Now he's grown up as a little boy. He sees his dad, Isaac, his dad prays. Yeah. Obviously, a man was a man of prayer. He would go out to the well. He would meditate on the prayers that he was thinking, and and uh, he would talk to God. Uh, 
He saw him build an altar. And, and so, it, it, and built altars. His, Abraham built lots of altars. Yeah. So he has a heritage. I think the psalmist said a goodly heritage. Yes. He's got a good grandfather and a good father. And I think sometimes what'll happen is if we grow up in a family where mom and dad are devout in their faith, yeah. maybe they, grandma and grandpa were also devout in the same faith. We kind of figure growing up, you know, I can play, I can do this. It's okay. Mom and dad got it covered. Grandma and grandpa got it covered for me. Right. And here he's out on his own for the first time. Yes. And he's away from mom and dad and he's away from grandma and grandpa. And all of a sudden he begins to realize in his dream, hey, hey there, there is a, a ladder that reaches to God and, and above it is the Lord, the Lord God of Abraham, my grandfather, and the God of Isaac. And he's beginning to realize and, and beginning to, for the first time, get not a secondhand relationship with God, but like a firsthand, just the beginning. Not, not through his parents, not through his grandparents, right. but between him and God direct. Yeah. yeah. I think of this almost like his, his new birth. Now, I don't know if he grows a lot in it, and I think he's got some growing to do, but I think almost this is the first time on his own he grabbed on and said, wow. Yeah. It's not just grandpa's God or, or dad's God. It's my God too. Yeah. I, if you'll be my, you'll be my God. You can be with me. He says in verse 20. Yeah. This is how he says it. And, and you're right about that because he believes. Yeah. He, he, he believes. And, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat yeah. and raiment to put on, that's clothing, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be my God. Yeah. By the way, that that's a kind of decision that um, need, needs to be made in a person's life. Yes. Because some, I've heard it plenty of times in the past where somebody thinks, well, you know, my, my father's a pastor or my uncle's a pastor or something like that. But the relationship between a person, a man or a woman yeah. and God has to be personal. Everybody's yeah. heard that before. He's yeah. a personal God. He wants a personal relationship. Then shall the Lord be my God. Amen. Now I think in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. Yeah. Not just my dad's or my grandpa's, or, but, but mine personally. Yeah. Exactly. And it has to be that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so that's, that's the end of chapter 28. In chapter 29, uh, he does go to his uncle's house, Laban, and in verse 16 of that chapter, Laban has two daughters, Leah and Rachel. And so Jacob ends up marrying both of those girls, and that's quite a story. But in verse 32, the firstborn son is Reuben. And shortly after that, from verses 33 to 35, you see the next three is Simeon and Levi and Judah. So those are the first four boys. And the following chapter, in chapter 30, there's kind of like two halves of the chapter. From the first half up to verse 24, it's kind of building Jacob's family. Mm -hmm. And then from 25 to the end of the chapter, it's kind of building Jacob's fortune. So he's building his family and he's building his fortune. And then in chapter 31 of Genesis, God blesses Jacob with cattle. And it gets to a point where he decides he has to leave Laban. And so Jacob prepares to leave Laban, and uh, Laban catches up with him after he's leaving, and they set up a pillar for a witness between them. It's not quite exactly an agreement, but they set up a pillar. It's sort of an agreement. And then we get to Genesis chapter 32. And Genesis chapter 32 is this 
kind of high point chapter. And it starts out right with, uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but just in verse one, it says, and Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. And, and the way he's going is actually kind of an answer to that prayer back in 27 when he, would, when he was leaving and heading way out to the east to meet Uncle Laban and he's going to live there for 21 or so years. That prayer in 27 was if, if um, where is it? Do I have it right? Is it 28 that I'm looking it's for? It's 28, 28 the end. Yeah, in 28 where he, he says, uh, if thou wilt be with me, keep me and, and bring me back to my father's house in peace yes. in 21, then, then you're going to be my God. And this is what God now is doing with him in chapter 32. He's leading him on his way back to be with his father where he came from. Uh, and he's excited. I think he prayed about it. I think yes. God led him to do it. And yes. Yeah. And so he sees that the angels of God, they met him. He sees that God is with him on this, right? And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. Amen. And he called the name of that place Mahanam. Yeah. And uh, so here, he Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And so he, he realizes that uh, Esau is coming. And he hasn't seen Esau, his older Long brother, for decades. about 20 years. Yeah. The last time he saw him, he was purposing Angry. to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now Jacob is trying to figure out how can I do this to appease my brother yeah. so that he's not going to yeah. kill me, right? <laughs> yeah, and what do we find? We find in uh, uh, verse 6 of chapter 32, and it says in the, he, he sent messengers out, Correct. right? And, and then in verse 6, it says, The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, Oh, we came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and 400 men with him. He's now, bringing an army. He's that's, bringing that's, an that's, army. That doesn't sound good. And so... <laughs> I don't know if Jacob has ever in his life faced anything like this. Yeah. You know, you, talk, you, you hear about somebody facing their biggest fear. Well, I would say this is Jacob's biggest fear. Sure, you sure. Know? This is his big brother, and he's coming with 400 men. Uh, yeah, it says him. in the next verse, and Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so here he tries, at this point, he's trying to find a way not only to appease Esau, but to uh, use his own cunning to try to protect his people, his family. He's got, he's got a wife and, and two wives, two wives and two and concubines, two concubines yeah. and 12 kids. And I don't 11. know. I think uh, well, Benjamin's not yet. But then Dinah was there. Wasn't the one daughter there? Uh, okay. Yes. Okay, I got the 12 right. kids you're right, there. You're right. Yeah. And um, so then he starts, he starts telling, uh, let me see, where can I have this? He says, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to divide the people. Yes. Okay. We'll divide it. We'll divide the flocks. We'll divide the herds. We're going to divide into two bands and, and we'll send one this way and one that way. And if Esau comes to the one company and smites that one, well, then the other company, which is left, will be able to escape while he's beating this one up. At least I get to save half of the thing. Right. And okay. And in it's verse me, it's desperation, desperate desperation, men desperate measures. And yeah. in an act of desperation, verse nine, he prays. So that's yeah. a good thing because verse nine, it says, and Jacob said, O God of my father, Abraham and God of my father, Isaac, the Lord, which saidest unto me, that's personal, return unto thy country and to thy kindred and I will deal well with thee. So God had told Jacob sure. that he's going to deal well with him if he returns to the land. So now he's heading back to so the this land. This is a trial of faith because he's. <laughs> yeah, because this is yeah. sort of, this is sort of God promised it. Yeah. Now you have to believe he's going to carry it out. 
And so if anybody, I'm sure if you've ever listened to Christian TV or radio, you've heard the the idea that, you know, when God makes a promise, you can bank on it, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a New Testament verse for that that I found that I really like in, in Acts chapter 17 with Paul. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm in, uh, I'm sorry, Acts 27. It's when the, the ship, oh, the gosh, shipwreck. Yes. Yep. And let me see if I can find this real quick. Verse, 23, uh, verse 25. 25, okay. So in verse 25, uh, they're, they're afraid that the ship is going to sink and that everybody's going to die in the in this story in Acts. And in verse 25, Paul says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. And it was told him, God told him earlier, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought forth uh, and I'm going to give thee all them that sail with thee. I'm going to protect you and make sure this journey's good. Right. And so Paul's not worried and he's encouraging the other men on the ship. Okay. Don't worry. God promised and he's good on it. So at this point, obviously Paul has a much deeper faith and walk with God than Jacob has at this particular moment in chapter yeah. 32. Yeah. We're watching a man grow in faith in this chapter. That, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway, I, mean, I think that's why these things are written. Exactly. So when we face a problem like that, we can go, well, look how he got Jacob through it. And Jacob was scared just like I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> Honestly, the more I look through this chapter and as I was looking through it before the show, it's, it's pretty convicting to me myself in the sense that, you know, everybody, every Christian, you're either going to, the Bible says you either walk in the flesh or you walk in the spirit. Yeah. And God's ways are always best. And so he just wants you to follow him. Yeah. He just wants you to follow the right way. And yet we're so bent on following the wrong way. You know, I, I, I think it's just our, our n- natural man. We've, we've lived in a world with all kinds of um, adversity problems, trials, troubles, even this week, you know, their bank problems and this, and right. what about my money? Is this going to be taken care of? And right. you, you're, you're, there's a lot of things that scare us down here. You think physically, yeah, you know, and you try to use your own means and your own ability yeah. to get through those things. Right. And in verse in, in the chapter here in verses like 17 through 19, Jacob himself, he tries with his own means and his ability and he's intent on appeasing his brother. And so he starts sending train after train of gifts so that, you know, one way or another, his brother's got to soften up. Right. I don't want to say he's trying to bribe them, but gifts do have a way of of softening someone's heart. Yes. It says a a gift will pacify wrath. It says in the book of Proverbs. Yes. You know, you give a gift uh, to someone and, and, uh, I guess a lot of boyfriends got their girlfriend mad. No, if they go to the jewelry store and find something, they might be able to get through this thing. I think that's how jewelry stores survive. (laughs) (laughs) And in verse uh, 24 of the chapter, uh, now he had been sending, I got to back up just a little bit. He had been sending these gifts. Correct. And uh, let me see. I'll just start it here at verse 19. He commanded... Uh, the second, the third, and all that followed the droves, these these trains, these droves. He says, on this manner shall you speak unto Esau when you find him. And see ye moreover, behold thy servant. See how he's humble? Yep. He says, behold thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me. And afterward, I will see his face. Peradventure, he will accept yeah, of me. Yeah, maybe he will. You know, if he gets all these presents. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, so he, so went the present over before him and himself lodged that night in the company. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the Ford Jabuk. And he took them and he sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. Now here's verse 24. Yeah. And Jacob was left alone. So I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think what he did. So he's got a little brook over there, a stream of water and Probably what he does is he puts the women and the children on this side of the brook. He comes on this side in the front to uh, meet uh, Esau, sort of be a perhaps. Shield. Yeah. He's kind of a shield. He, yeah. Like a father protecting his family, yeah. right? And he's while he's shielding. alone on this side, he's thinking about it, and he's got his ear to the ground and wondering, and then he starts thinking, it might be a good time to pray now. Yes. And the, the fact of being alone, uh, you kind of think back on your life a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And you review, and he, he's left alone in, in more than one sense. He's had a lot of broken relationships. He had a broken relationship with his father, yeah. Isaac, and his mother, Rebecca. He had to leave them. Mm-hmm. He had to flee. He had a broken relationship with Esau, which he's trying That's desperately right. to fix now. And he had a broken relationship with Laban. His uncle. His uncle. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that fell and, apart. And there he is. He's, he's there all alone at it's, that moment. It's interesting because, you know, Jacob, the name means a, a, a supplanter, one who can scheme a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we all try and get through life. And when we're into trouble, we try and figure how can we scheme or maybe take someone else's place to jockey and position, that type of thing. And he had done that. I think a lot of Jacob is a picture of our natural man. Yes. And yeah. our natural man is interested in ourself. And and what usually happens as life goes on is we lose, we break relationships. A lot of relationships lot get of broken. That, and a lot of that comes from self-will yeah. or selfishness yeah. or self-love. Yeah. And he ends up He's, he's there alone. And so here he is alone. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he but has. not entirely alone because someone entirely. else is watching. He, he has met God. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he has, he has heard his voice and he's spoken with him, but he's not always walking with him in fellowship, not always really trusting. He's still trying to do it himself. And in the same verse, I'll start again, verse 24, and it says, and Jacob was left alone of Genesis chapter 32, Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Uh-huh. And, and I remember the first time I read this story long ago, and right away I'm thinking physical. I'm thinking, okay, he's wrestling with a guy. And then you get down to verse 30 you, and you find I out wondered right away, is it WWF or Greco-Roman? <laughs> you know, what are the rules on this thing? Where's the ref? Well, if, but, that, if that's yeah. the case, if it was anything like that, <laughs> yeah. in verse 30, it turns out that he's wrestling with God. Yeah. He says, I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Uh-huh. So if it was WWF, it would be like Andre the Giant or, or Hulk Hogan <laughs> right, right, against yeah. a two-year-old toddler. Yeah, one of those midgets. Yeah. Right yeah. Now, only worse than that, because this is almighty God. <laughs> Right. So he has no chance, no chance. And so he's wrestling with a man until the breaking of the day. And I, I checked out the word wrestled in the Bible. And here we find that he wrestled with the Lord, uh, verse 24 and verse 30. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter six, that we wrestle against evil, that Christians should wrestle against evil yeah. and stay away from it and pray that the Lord keeps evil away from us. Yeah. And it's a spiritual wrestling yes. with our our will and our mind inside and our thoughts. Yeah. Okay. And so that's New Testament, right? Ephesians. Yeah. But yet here in the Old Testament, what is Jacob doing? He's spiritually wrestling yeah, right with now. God, Amen. right? And uh, some people wrestle with the word 
of God. And it's such an easy place to find because just like the Gospels 3.16 of John, 2 Peter 3.16. I'm going to go there real quick. Um, in 2 Peter 3.16, talking about people who rest the word, which is something... W-R-E-S-T, like the beginning of the word wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Bible says, 2 Peter 3.16, and also in his epistles, speaking of Paul... Speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, like wrestling. W-R-E-S-T, like yep. wrestle. Rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So God doesn't want you to rest or wrestle his word. He doesn't want it's you to It's kind of like change. twisting it to say something you want it to say. Yes. As opposed to allowing it to speak Plain and clear. Plain and clear. For example, in context. like you said earlier, ye must be born again. That's... That's pretty straightforward. Yes. I might want to wrestle that and go, maybe, does that mean I got to be baptized or join a church? You don't want to rest it. You must be born again. Amen. We're just about out of time at the first half of the show. And we want to get into this because there's a lot of good lessons in chapter 32 of Genesis where uh, Jacob gets a picture. Actually, it's a true story where he gets to kind of wrestle spiritually with God and we'll see what God says to him. God's going to ask him some questions. God's going to give him some key answers. And I got written in my Bible here, historically, this is Jacob, but spiritually it's whosoever. Could be me, could Amen. be you, yes. could be anyone. So stick around for the second half of the What is Truth a radio show. We'll be right back after a station break. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of the show. I have your Bibles open to Genesis chapter 32. Another one of those great highlight chapters in the book of Genesis. An experience that happened to a Jacob that... Actually, God would like to happen to every one of us. Yes. It's like an opportunity where we're all alone. Jacob's all alone here one night, and he gets an opportunity to kind of wrestle with God, to ask God some questions, get some answers from God, and then uh, let's see how this match turns out. Well, we were just talking about yeah. where, because it says in verse 30 that the man is is God, Yeah. and Jacob is wrestling with God, not physically, but spiritually. Right. And if you stop and think about this a little bit, it's not so much Jacob doing the wrestling. If you really consider the context of the chapter yeah. and what's going on, it's the Lord wrestling with Jacob. And what I mean is that it's not so much a man doing the wrestling. The, the God was breaking down Jacob's opposition yeah. to take away his self-trust and yeah. to take away you know, his trust in his own cleverness and his own resourcefulness. He needs to trust God. Yeah. And you can you can slip yourself right into this story and and consider the fact that you know what? I've tried all these different things in my life and I've tried to be in control and yet things are kind of out of control. Yeah. And, and instead of trying to do it in your own power, you need to give in to God's power, right? Cuz he's the almighty. He's Amen. all powerful. Amen. And so uh it's not by cleverness even though the Jews are very clever, very, very smart, very intelligent in many ways. And, and Jacob is, is a Jew 
right? But it's not by how smart you are. And you're not, you're not going to win. Like he's, he's heading back to where God told him to go. Right. Yes. And he's not going to win it. He's not going to uh, gain it. It's God promised it. He has to receive what God promised as a free gift. Yes. And the, the same thing holds true for just coming to God in a personal relationship. You can't win access to God or access to heaven. You have to just trust God and you get it as a free gift. Salvation's a free gift, the Bible says. Romans chapter 5. So, so I think this is a truth, a spiritual truth, that God wants to, let's say, wrestle with us. Now, obviously, God's being very gentle in the wrestling process. Yes. Because if he wanted, he could probably snap Jacob in half or any one of us. He gets a little so, tougher a little later. But initially, he just kind of trying our thoughts and wrestling. And so, so what exactly do you think you, yeah. so you really think, you, you know, being religious and doing the best you can is going to bring you close to me. And he's wrestling and, and here with Jacob as he's wrestling, and this is going to go on all night. Uh, in the beginning of verse 25, he, God saw that he prevailed not. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to give some good thoughts to him and this guy's fighting back with me and I'm, I'm telling him, you know, Okay, Jacob, you got to be born again. I don't think I need to. I mean, my, my grandpa's a good man. My dad's a good man. They've served their whole life. I I mean, I've got a good family name and a good heritage. That ought to be sufficient. And God's, well, God's given us all a free will. Yeah, yeah. Every man and woman has their own free will, and God's not going to force himself on you, right? right. He, he offers an invitation. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So he comes very gracefully yeah. with that wrestling, that spiritual wrestling that goes yeah. on. But yet um, he he wants us, if you think about this wrestling match, Jacob has to lose. He has to lose the match. He has to be broken in order to trust God. He has to give up on his own strength and his own means of doing things. Yeah, yeah. God, uh, God told one of his prophets that later in, in the book of the minor prophets, Hosea chapter 12. Okay. And uh, it's a very interesting because he talked about that. And um, here, here's uh, uh, God speaking to the prophet Hosea hundreds of years later, about six, seven centuries later. And he's talking about Jacob. Yes. And he says in verse two, you know, the Lord has a controversy with Judah and I will punish J Jacob, he calls him, because Judah's being disobedient like Jacob was when he was young, according to his ways, according to his uh, doings, will I recompense him. But then he says in verse three, going back to Jacob, he took his brother by the heel in, in the womb. And he did that when he was young. And later on, when he was older, by his strength, he had power with God. Yea, he prevailed over the angel that wrestled with him. What was yes. the angel of the Lord? Yes. He prevailed. How? Because he submitted, he wept and made supplication. Amen. And that's how he won the battle by, by admitting, you're right, God. I, I'm not going to fight anymore with this. I Amen. accept what you say. Yeah. Amen. You yeah. know, we're going to see some more of that later in the chapter, yeah. but that's a great connection there in yeah. Hosea. I would have missed that. That's good. Yeah. And so he wept and he made supplication unto him yeah. and he found him in Bethel. And there, there he spake. There with you us. go. See, Amen. That's a really good That's verse. when you find the Lord. When you finally give him, you're right, Lord, not yeah. me. 
And not religion, not what not even my traditions. Right. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, Lord. I mean, we all try to push through our lives and make the best of things by our own power, and yet God wants us to just come to Him and trust and trust. Uh, yeah. Amen. So, um, God, He wanted Jacob's willing surrender. Yes. Right. He wanted. He came gracefully, like you were saying, and He wanted him to just willingly submit to God. You know, God says, uh, how does he say it when he says, um, humble yourself in the sight of God and he will lift you up. Yes. Right. James and Peter write that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So that's the way to come. And, and God wanted him to willingly surrender, but then he gave him a hardship. Yeah. And the hardship is in the next verse, uh, verse 25. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. Yeah. And, 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 you know, before we even get too deep into this, I want to back up just a touch you remember he wrestled with that. Uh, it says he wrestled, uh, there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Till the breaking of the day, he fought God all the way. All the way, man. He <laughs> fought him. He had just a, a path of strife and a life without spiritual fruit or trusting God. He just had to fight all the way. It sounds like I'm Jacob. Yeah. I remember Bill, you, Bill used to tell me all the time, I'm Jacob. I hear a lot of people who've been who known the Lord going, man, that's me. I'm Jacob. I'm, I, and I think God understands that, which is why he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I got a bunch of Jacobs and they're going to be this yeah. way, but I'm still going to be their God. Yes. Even though they're a little tough and they like to fight back. It is interesting <laughs> that that phrase that we were familiar with in the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. He gets a new name later. Right. And yet we're still familiar with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the right. The old name. Yeah. Because of the, the, you know, and like you said. Because our old nature creeps our, up. Exactly. It does it a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and we're all in the same, uh, we're, we're like walking in his shoes. Yeah. And God would like us to not resist and not wrestle against him. Yeah. But just realize his ways are best and follow in his ways. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so then the, the story says that he touched the hollow of his thigh. And when he touched the hollow of his thigh, he took away Jacob's power. It's yeah. like taking your your hip joint out sure. of socket. Sure. Right? And that's the strongest, you know, muscle in the body is the legs right around the thigh. And that's how we stand up. How are you going to wrestle? Yeah. You, you can't <laughs> wrestle. You can't, you have trouble walking. You have trouble getting about. I mean, the latest plan, I want to go from here to there. Not so easy anymore, is it? Now your wrestling's done. Yeah. 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 You're done. Right. And so God wants men and, and women to give up on their own power and their own might, give up on their self-confidence. That's what he wants. Right. And uh, right after that, uh, the next verse, let me see. Uh, verse 26. Yeah. And he said, this is Jacob speaking. He says, let me go for the, oh, I'm sorry. It's the, it's, it's God, speaking, God speaking, the angel yep. speaking, the angel speaking. He says, let me go for the day breaketh. Yeah. And he, Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Okay. And the most interesting verse to me in the whole chapter, verse 27, the next verse. And he, this is uh, God. And he said unto him, he said unto Jacob, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. You know, it is interesting there, 26. Uh, you're right. Jacob was wrestling with God. He was wrestling with people his whole life. He was probably wrestling with himself many times. Yes. Uh, with decisions he was making. And uh, and here when God finally says, okay, I, I, I let's see. I, I touched the hollow of your thigh. You're still wrestling with me. Okay. I'm going to go now at this point. At that point, that's when Jacob grabs on and says, I, 
I, I can't let you go except thou bless me. In other words, to me, even though I've, I've made all these mistakes, unlike my brother Esau, my birthright is not garbage to me and the blessing is not garbage to me. I really want that blessing. Amen. And at that point, it was like the deepest part of his heart, way down deep inside, buried under everything was, I really want to do what's right by God. The I, fact I, that he wanted the blessing showed he cared. Yeah. And, and that's when the Lord says, okay, since you do, let me ask you a question. What is thy name? Yeah. It's a how, question how, just like... How, yeah. How, just, do you, how do you see yourself? Really, how do you see yourself? Right. And I'm, I want you to look in the spiritual mirror. Now, we've been wrestling for a while, and you want a spiritual blessing. You've got to look in the spiritual mirror. What do you see? Right. I'm the son of Abraham. I'm the son of Isaac. And that's, I wanna, what he, that's what he could have said. <laughs> yeah, but no, he didn't. He, uh, you know, God asks questions. Yes. And those questions cause men to look at themselves. And, Good. And, and to understand how they stand before God. Amen. Right? And, and I love that in the Bible, that God the Father, starting way back in the beginning, he asked questions. And in the New Testament, you see Jesus asking questions. A good example is uh, way back in the garden, in the very beginning of the Bible with Adam and Eve, God asks in Genesis 3.11, who told thee that who thou wast naked? Thee, yes. Yeah, who told thee? <laughs> and before that, he even said, he said, Adam, where art thou? Where art thou? Yeah. And so it's the same thing, like I just said, God asks questions which cause men to look at themselves. And in this case, this is very personal. What is thy name? 20 years before this, Roughly, mm -hmm. his father Isaac asked him the same question. Well, what is thy name? And yeah. he lied. Yeah. And he said, My name is Esau. Sure. Right? Because he wanted to get the blessing. Yeah. And now he's reminded of that, but he confesses. Yeah. This time he confesses and he says, my, uh, he said, Jacob, uh, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. I'm and, the and, deceiver. And I'll, yeah, I'm the deceiver. I'm the, yeah. Yeah. I'm not so proud of that name. I'm not right, so, yeah. right. And so you, I, I believe he's humbling himself. Right. Just by Absolutely. This, by this answer, he's humbling himself. I, I almost think of it like when I see that, I think of Simon Peter, that one day in the boat with Jesus. Yes. I mean, even the Jesus didn't say to him, Simon, what art thou? It's almost like the question was implied and he said, Lord, I, I'm just a sinful man. You know, and that's almost like I'm Jacob. It's like I'm a sinful man. Right. And, and, you know, it's a little interesting that the first time 20 years before when this question was asked by his almost blind father or, yeah. you know, yeah. dim sighted father that yeah. couldn't see. Now the question's coming from the all seeing God. Yeah. And, and it, it pierces through to him and he confesses. Yeah. Jacob, that's I'm, my name. I'm just Jacob. I'm just Jacob. Yeah. And so uh, verse 28, the next verse is, is beautiful. And he said, this, this is, is God Lord. speaking, yep. he says, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. How did he prevail? By humbling himself. He submitted to God's submitted word to God. and God's direction. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You think about if there's like two paths that you can go on or one true path and then many other paths. God's way, like I said, is always best. Yeah. Won't we submit to it? Won't we submit to him? So, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Here's a wrestling match, and then he will lift you up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, we could name all kinds of names of different things that come to mind, but whether it's 
how you run your house, how you carry yourself at work, how you speak and use your tongue, right? All these different things, how you handle your money, whatever it may be, how you interact with other people around you. Are you submitting to God's way? Yeah. You know, thou shalt no more be called Jacob, but Israel. It's a, it's a beautiful name. Actually, he, he kind of explains it in the verse as a prince, I guess the Hebrew letters S and R mean prince. They, they get uh czar in yes. Russia. That means the prince and, and the Caesar in uh, Italy, that's the prince and Kaiser in Germany. That's a prince. Uh, and then the El is God. Thou thou art a prince with God, and uh, you, you've prevailed because you submitted to God's way. Uh, and I, I like there. There's a verse in the Psalms, Psalm seventy three, uh, verse one, and this is a Psalm of Asaph. And look at that verse, brother. That's a good one because you're no more Jacob. You're Israel. Yes. Well, what's the advantage of being Israel? What's the advantage of being a prince with God? And uh, Psalm 73, one says, truly God is good to Israel. Amen. Who's Israel? Even to such as are of a clean heart. Amen. And what had happened there is in that wrestling match, he, you know, he, it, deep down in the heart, I want the blessing in order to get the blessing. I have to admit, I'm, I'm nothing more than Jacob. I'm nothing more than a sinful man like Peter. And then at that point, God says, I've got something for you. Right now, now I can take everything away and put my hands on you and give you a new name. Yeah. When you mention Peter, I just want to remind the listeners, if you're listening about with in Luke chapter five, verse eight. Yeah. Uh, Peter, he witnesses a, a real miracle. Yeah. I mean, there's no <laughs> explaining it away. The, they, were, they had been fishing all night, caught nothing. Jesus tells them to fish on the right side of the boat, and they got two boats full of fish, like, right away. And, and Peter realizes he's in the presence of God. And yeah. in, in verse 8, he says, uh, uh, Depart. Depart from me, Lord, Lord for I am a sinful, I am a sinful man. man. Yeah. He realizes he's not a good guy. We all think that we're basically good guys. Yeah. But when Peter realized he's in the presence of God, he's like, wow, I can't stand this close to God. Sure. Yeah. And so that's the right position because he's almighty God and we're just men. Sure. And, and if we would just follow him, right? Sure. Um, there's other men in the Bible that have had their names changed, like Abram. Correct. God changed his name to Abraham. Yeah. And in the New Testament, you find Saul was changed to Paul. That's right. You find Simon right. was changed to Peter. Yep. Right. And so God has uh, used all these different name changes, uh, basically kind of with a new birth. That's it. You get a new name. Yep. Yeah. Because, because it, and the first birth, our parents named us. Yes. And now we're coming into the family of God and God is adopting us as a child. And he's now our father. He wasn't before I was born again. He, he was, you know, the creator God of the universe, but he's not father by creation. He's father by adoption, and here he's kind of adopting Jacob and giving him a new name and adopted Abraham, Abram, gave him a new name. Amen. That's what he does, yeah. And I got to tell you, as I'm rereading this chapter, I came across something that was kind of sad to me personally. Hmm. The fact that uh, you still see later in the Bible God calling him Jacob a whole bunch of times. In fact, the, after wrestling, what we see here in the chapter, he wrestles with God at Peniel. Okay. And after this chapter, throughout the Bible, you see Jacob, the name occurs 45 times. But the name Israel only occurs 
23 times. And the Bible speaks of Jacob, whether it's talking about the man or the nation, uh, when it's talking about him in unbelief, Jacob, Jacob, sure. unbelief. But it refers to Israel either as a man or a nation when it's referring to him in faith. And the reason why this was, it kind of touched me and it was sad for me is the sense that it's sad that we're all given the chance and we're all given the choice to be able to follow after God in faith. And yet with all the choices that we make day by day, week by week, month by month, on and on, how many times do we make the wrong choice and, and we follow not in not in faith, but in unbelief? Well, I think, uh, and God has this written. These things are written for our learning. These things are also written for our comfort. And all through the scriptures, and we have the, you know, the so-called heroes of the faith. And, and Jacob was one of them. And Isaac was one. And Abraham was one. David was one. And you read through these uh, men. But what we find throughout is even at their best, they're still men. Yes. And as men, we tend to fall back on our old ways. And our old ways is our old man in our first birth. And we do have a new birth, but it's supernatural and it's not our first response. Our natural response is the old response. And he keeps showing us uh, through the book here, our people, my people, continue to fall uh, on the old ways, the natural response, that's what they do. However, he promised the Apostle Paul that all of my children are still bondage to corruption, even though, and they're looking forward to the day, verse 21, when they will uh, be delivered from that bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty as the children of God. Because we know that right now the whole creation is groaning and travailing in pain together, and even we ourselves we have the first fruit of the spirit, but we still groan with ourselves. We fall back on our old ways. We're waiting for the adoption when we get our new body, the redemption of our body. Amen. And so, you know, we see this over and over. Here, here's something I saw in the chapter two, because, you you know, you're pointing out all the highlights. And, and here God says, okay, now that you've admitted you're Jacob, and you've submitted under my hand. I'm going to change your name to Israel. You're going to have my power when you trust me yes. and walk with me and walk the new way in faith. If you walk the old way, my power won't be there. He didn't tell him that, but we see from the rest of the Bible. Kind of that's choose, the way choose, it works. Choosing blessing and cursing, yeah, yeah. One, or one or the other. And um, Jacob, verse 30, he called the name of the place where he saw God I've seen God face to face. Uh, and he called it pen I L in verse 30. Yes. And then it says in verse 31, and he passed over pen and the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. And I thought, Lord, why from verse 30, it's pen I L and 31, it's pen Uel. The I goes to a U. And he said, well, because I want you to get in on the story too. I mean, when Jacob saw it, it was Peniel, but the second rendering is Penuel. I want you to have your Penuel. I want you to meet me too. And it's almost like he put it there in English, like Amen. this is also for you. It's Amen. not just for Jacob. Yes. Some things in English. Well, <laughs> that's, that's so true. I mean, the Bible talks about redeem the time. And Amen. we see this story and we see some of the mistakes. I mean, Jacob was a good man in many ways, but he made mistakes too. And so it's a reminder to us that we still have time on the clock to 
choose the right thing yeah. and to be faithful and, and make our choices in life faithful to God and, and lean on him. And one of the things, it's curious in verse 31, as the story goes on and, and Jacob passed over and the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. Yes. In the old days and in the old ways, he could walk and balance on his own. He could probably skip and hop and run. And now all of a sudden he's slowing down and waiting for that second thought. Not the first one that I come up with, but that second supernatural thought, mm-hmm. the guiding of God. I'm not going to be going as fast in life anymore. I'm going to be slowing down and waiting on God Amen. for my direction. Yeah, I like Amen. that. Yeah. He never walked the same yeah. after this meeting. There's a, a new match. life, a new walk. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And the and, world will look at him with, what's the matter with you? Are you handicapped? Are you limp? What, you got a crutch? Yeah, I got God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm walking different. Yeah. Amen. I mean, it's it's amazing the lessons that are in the Bible, Amen. Old Testament, New Testament, and God spells it out. And he wants you, you know, once you come to him and you, you trust him for salvation, right? The Bible says uh, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Amen. right? The Bible says that uh, you're all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Get adopted in the family right? by get, Christ. Get into yeah. the family. He, he, he gives that invitation to come. Right. He wants you to come. And then once you do, I'm looking in the New Testament Galatians here in chapter five. Once you've come and you've received Christ, mm-hmm. where I mean, the gospel message is very simple that Christ died for our sins. So instead of fighting and trying to fight and make your way to heaven, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the father but by me. So once you come through Jesus Christ and you receive him as Savior, because you're a sinner that needs a Savior, here in in, uh, Galatians 5, verse 16, uh, the Bible says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. And then it goes on about the works of the flesh and they're all bad, you know, but the fruit of the spirit are all good. 17 bad works right there that are are natural that we see in the world. Yeah. I mean, we see these things, the works of the flesh are manifest. We see adultery, fornication, uncleanness, idolatry, witchcraft, emulations, wrath, strife, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, reveling, all these things. And, And that's the way we naturally Go, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Boy, those are things the world needs. That's for sure. And that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah. Yeah. And and it starts with us. Amen. You know? And uh, And the only way you can do that is if we take the time, like Jacob, to get alone one night. Right. Get away from, he got away from the family. Yep. He got away from his fortune. He was all alone. All alone. Yep. And just began to meditate and think and began to, let's say, wrestle with God. What have I heard about God and what have other, what have traditions told me? And, and, and finally coming to the point where admitting like, I'm just me. I'm just Jacob. I, I need you, Lord. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you think you're wrestling against Almighty God, right? And we all do it. Yeah. J, we see the story here in Genesis 32 that Jacob did it, a spiritual wrestling. But 
as the story progressed, you see that it just kind of got worse for him in the sense that he could have submitted without, you know, having a hardship. And sometimes people won't submit and they resist and they hold back and they say, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. Right. And God was enough of a gentleman. I said, okay, I'll, I'll leave. I'm going to, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. But then, and then some, the person thinks I won the battle, but then sometimes but you, God will give you a hardship. He yeah. might give you cancer. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes I've heard people say, well, you know, the devil is after me and, and he's doing all these bad things to me. You know, maybe you shouldn't flatter yourself that you think that you're such a big shot that the devil even cares about you. So don't flatter yourself and consider that God is doing what he did here with Jacob when he touched the hollow of his thigh and put it out of joint as he wrestled with him. Maybe God gave you this hardship, this toil that you have to deal with to draw you to him. Yeah. And so you could think about it and finally agree with God. Agree with God. Yes. And then you can prevail like Jacob did. Amen. 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 Well, well, it's a good highlight and uh, there's more to come. I know Jacob's boy, Joseph, is going to have a lot to teach us in the next few weeks. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, uh, thank you for joining us on the What is Truth radio show. We're with you every Sunday morning at seven o'clock and uh, you can listen to our old shows on the website, www.graceandtruth.com. Church, got to put the word church at the end there, graceandtruthchurch.org. Hit the sermons tab, hit the YouTube tab, and uh, you can learn about the Bible because this this really is a gift from God. These are the words of God. Uh, God said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And these words are given that ye might have life. And not only have life, Jesus told his men in the upper room at the Last Supper, Father, you can sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. And we have the preserved words of God in the old King James Holy Bible. Recommend you get a copy of one. Start reading in the Gospel of John and the book of Romans and the Psalms. And listen to our program for the highlight reel. We're going to come back next week with a little bit more. And until we join you next week, do like Jesus said. What do you got, brother? I was just going to say, I'd like to take a moment and pray for the audience. Sure. Go ahead, brother. Uh, Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray that everyone who is listening right now, that you would send them a blessing. A blessing that they would be reminded through this story with Jacob wrestling with you, that they would understand that they wrestle with you too. And Lord, bless them, help them to understand and to open their eyes and see that they they just need you. They're wrestling against God. And Lord, help them to uh, submit to you and to humble themselves before you. And I pray that for everyone listening right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, come on to me. And, And you can do that. And until we meet next week, do like he said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. You've been listening to What is Truth, the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth, only on WECK. 